there, this is Katie Brinkley, and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. This podcast is all about helping Colorado-based small business owners, entrepreneurs, and professionals discover the strategies and systems that take their marketing to all new heights. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to the podcast. My guests this week are Aaron Cummins and Emily Duke. In 2014, Colorado native Cummins and Duke founded Lux Denver Real Estate Company, one of the fastest growing and most successful privately owned boutique real estate brokerage firms in Colorado. As entrepreneurial minded individuals with backgrounds in psychology, both were seeking a business that would enable them to create meaningful relationships, make a difference in an industry they loved, and find inspired living in their lives and businesses. Together, they formed Lux Denver, where excellence in real estate meets inspired living. Lux is a company with a soul that is committed to providing both exceptional client experiences and a progressive, relevant brand that is accessible pay structure for their brokers. The two are committed to supporting a community where people who value people gather, leading a conversation for modern real estate practices while helping people find inspiration in all they do. Erin and Emily, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Katie. We're excited to be here. So let's start at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about where you both grew up and what life was like growing up. Sure. This is Aaron. And I I grew up in Aspen, Colorado. So I'm a native. Um, Grew up there my whole life. Uh, Ended up going to university in Boulder at CU. Um, Graduated from there and moved to Denver shortly thereafter, after a little bit of a travel stint. Um, Then landed up back in Denver and just kind of haven't left Colorado ever since. Um, it's kind of been the home state in my backyard for all my life um, for a lot of different reasons. Emily, what about you? Where are you from originally? Tell us a little bit about growing up. Yeah, so I'm originally from Southern California. Uh, completed some schooling there and then moved out to the East Coast to uh, complete some school out there and wound up landing in the middle. And I've been in Colorado uh, for over about a decade now. Um, and love it. Moved here for the uh, overall happiness of the people and uh, a lot of things I was reading online about what Colorado was like way back before it became kind of the hot spot to move to. So I've seen a lot of changes here and love being here. Where in Southern California are you from? Uh, Near LA. I grew up between uh, Santa Barbara and Los Angeles. Okay, great. Yeah, my husband is from San Diego originally. So yeah, I always, when someone says Southern California, I always like to see if it's maybe the same area. What brought you two together? Let's hear about what connected both of you to starting this company together. I think it was luck, happenstance, um, with the universe, whatever you want to call it. We had a mutual friend who was in the entrepreneurial space and she recommended that the two of us sit down uh, for no real particular reason. I think it was just that she thought we both should connect and we did. And we quickly hit it off and realized that there was a huge conversation available to us and how we could partner inside of the entrepreneurial space. And the rest is history. We've been together for many years now. So Erin, uh, tell us a little bit about how you guys decided on opening up this boutique real estate agency. Yeah, I think kind of like what Emily said. So we were fortunate to be introduced by somebody and we actually sat down at St. Mark's Coffee Shop on 17th Ave. Um, we can both probably pick out the table that we sat at. And yeah. we just put our heads together. Um, we were both acting independently running our separate businesses, uh, kind of both related to real estate. Um, and we realized there was just a, a missing in the industry that we wanted to fill. 
you know, this industry is overrun by typically an older generation. Um, and we wanted to be the younger generation that had a voice and wanted to make a difference in kind of not reinvent the wheel per se, because it's a little bit tricky to do that, but kind of offer a new outlook of how we can conduct business inside of real estate um, by still abiding by the governing laws. Now, either either one of you can answer this question. I, I think that both have said entrepreneurial multiple times just in the very beginning of our conversation here. Did you guys both know from a right out of college that you wanted to have your own business, that you didn't want to go and work in corporate America? I think for me, I knew that the standard nine to five cubicle life wasn't going to cut it. Um, I didn't know exactly what I wanted it to look like, what I wanted my life to look like, my experience of my job to look like. I just knew that it needed to be something that I was passionate about, I was engaged in, and I really cared about. Um, just kind of settling for a paycheck wasn't going to cut it for me. So I think I happened on this track through the different choices that I made. And um, at this point, I can't imagine any other version of life. Um, I, I joke that I'm borderline unemployable because I'm just so much of an entrepreneur that I can't imagine you know, being told that I have seven days of vacation per year or um, having to go into work from nine to five and, and report to someone. It's just far from my reality at this point. And I'm very grateful for that. Emily, I was going to say, uh, talk to us a little bit about your upbringing and an eventual career and professional journey. Um, you said that there was a couple of things along the way where you're like, yeah, it just kind of ended up this way. But take us through some of your stops. I had kind of an unconventional upbringing. Uh, I was homeschooled for a long time. And then I started going to college when I was young. And so I was always kind of on a fast track to wherever I was going in life. Um, so by the time I was 18, I ended up having my associate's degree um, took some time off, did some things related to psychology, which is what I have my degree in, and then went back, finished my degree, and spent some time in in the uh, psychology field. So I think I was fortunate to have a lot of unique experiences and be able to interact with life in a way that a lot of kids wouldn't have been up able to otherwise, going through traditional schooling and the traditional time frame. And I think that that opened my eyes to how I might be able to live a little bit different life that maybe the traditional path wasn't wasn't for me um, and allowed me the opportunity to you know own a own a brokerage for many years at this point when uh, not everyone would have that opportunity at this point in life. Erin, take us through your your eventual career journey and professional journey. How did you end up to being a an entrepreneur and and with Emily here? For me, I was heavily influenced by my household. My father, who was an attorney, um, who owned his own practice up in Aspen. Uh, my mom was a designer, um, and she owned her own line up in Aspen as well. And just seeing that life uh, and growing up with that lifestyle really impacted the way that I knew I wanted to live. Um, for me, my dad always made time for skiing, biking, and his family. And then he did law on the side. It was never a primary thing that would fill his life. Um, it was just a, a means to put food on the table, um, but he knew that his life was more meaningful than just uh, what he does for work. So for me, it was really finding a, a path, like what Emily said. For me, I, I don't a nine to five is not something that that would ever come into close reach to me either. I I wouldn't be able to successfully complete a full day of that. I don't think you'd find me outside wandering around lost probably. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a wild journey. I I, I can't say that. 
you know, since I was eight years old, I was dreaming of owning my own company. And I, you know, I think we all kind of ran our same course. I ran the occasional lemonade stand, the occasional car wash, pretended like I ran this garage sale. Um, but I, I couldn't say that I had like the biggest inspiration to start my own company, but I knew that I wanted to work for myself in some way, shape or form. If someone is listening right now who is an aspiring or new business owner, what is the single biggest piece of advice that you'd want to give him or her as the journey starts? Aaron, we'll start with you. Awesome. It's a good question. Um, I wish I had some super wise like TED Talk answer to give you. But I think for me, really, it would, it, don't lose track of your inspiration and what really lights you up and, and fuels your fire. Um, it's hard work. It's intimidating. Um, really believe in what you're doing. And I know that's kind of a bumper sticker answer, but if you don't believe in it, no one else is. So it has to be the 110% truth under your, your mind before somebody else buys into it. That's you need to be your, big, your own biggest cheerleader. Exactly. Yeah. What about you, Emily? What What is a big piece of advice that you'd want to share with another entrepreneur? Yeah, I completely agree with what Aaron said. I think it's really important to believe in what you're doing. Uh, the other piece of advice I would share is to be ready to get back up one more time than you've been knocked down because the path to entrepreneurship is paved with bumps and potholes and successes and failures and all kinds of things that it's impossible to predict at the beginning. And those of us who succeed, I think in a lot of ways are the people who are able to persevere even just a little bit longer or harder than people who gave up maybe when they were right around the corner from success. And going off of that answer here, Emily, what do you think that some of the biggest mistakes that business owners make when they're trying to grow and sustain a successful business? I think a lot of the mistakes have to do with the way that our culture is structured to inform us as we grow up and as we move through life in this very consumerist, uh, bottom line driven conversation. So a lot of what I see is people who are growing too fast or becoming too focused on their bottom line and losing track of the purpose behind the business in the first place. And it's a hard thing to do because we all have to survive. We all have to, you know, we want to put food on our table and we want to be able to contribute to the world and go on our vacations and have a comfortable life. And as an entrepreneur, that's not something that comes automatically like it would in, in an employee role. So I get that there's a real reality behind this. And I think that being able to balance the two conversations for finances as well as for purpose is the path to long-term success. Absolutely. I think that if once you have a clear mission statement or purpose statement, uh, especially as a small business, it's critical to, to stick with it and, and not lose sight of that as you continue to either or grow or, or, or struggle. Yeah. Erin, what, what does your model look like for finding and engaging and selling to your ideal clients and customers these days? It's a great question. I think for our model, it's unique because again, it's an older business. Really for us, we want to ensure that we're attracting the people who understand our brand, who understand our mission, who understand what we have to offer and under understand the authenticity of an experience we can offer them. We've kind of taken a shift to that conversation in into how we market to those people and how we attract those people. And even inside the company and how our agents find their clients, 
Um, instead of kind of using antiquated methods, we're really diving into what matters to people inside their lives and how they can find the people that that they relate to to help and generate business from those people as opposed to just doing the cold calls or door knocking, which is a, kind of an older technique that people used to do. Certainly not something we do, especially nowadays. What type of marketing have you found works best for your business? For us, it's very authentic marketing. So as Aaron has alluded to, because this industry tends to rely on a lot of antiquated marketing practices, we've found generally there's a lot of smoke and mirrors tactics and uh, empty promises that the industry likes to use, both in attracting brokers as well as attracting potential clients. And for us, it was really important to strip back that that curtain and be real and be authentic and speak to the consumer in a way that we feel many companies have yet to do in terms of connecting to something that really matters to them and listening to who they are and how do they live their life and what matters to them and how can we support them on that journey. So it's not a sales conversation. It's not about let us come in and convince you of why this thing is good for you. It's let us come in and support you and advise you and help you on your journey where you're going. And I think that's a distinct conversation in our industry. Yeah. And there's so many realtors and, and brokers and in Colorado, especially you, you guys have mentioned a couple times on what you guys are trying to appeal and do things differently. And how do you guys really feel that you separate yourselves from the hundreds and thousands of other realtors and, and brokers and uh, agencies out there? Yeah, it's a great question. And it's something that we had to really address for ourselves before we could address that for other people. And I think it's an iterative process as well that we can give you the answer now and what it looked like five years ago and what it will look like in five years may be different. Um, For us, we're, again, focusing on a conversation that really resonates for us and we hope resonates. We know resonates for a lot of people in the community and people who work with us. which is to tap into a conversation bigger than the sale. We don't stop at, you need to buy or sell a home. Great. Let us be the one so we can make money off of you. We're interested in the human component of that. We're interested in how people live their lives and what inspires them and how can they interface with our company in a way that both sets them up for financial success, whether they're a broker working for us or a client we're working for, and also how can they engage in things that really matter to them, whether it's going on those trips or uh, helping the world or uh, donating money to a cause that really matters to them. We try to set everything we we do up in such a way that people are given the financial resources and the support to explore those spaces that may not be supported for them other way, uh, otherwise in other ways. Um, so for us, it's about really holding the space for a conversation for inspired living and inspiring people that that conversation is available to them. And what does it look like for them to step into that and really map onto their lives? How can I live a life of meaning? And we happen to sell real estate in that process. That's awesome. And, you know, Emily, you brought up so many points here on psychology for real estate, which I think a lot of people might not even consider. Erin, you got a degree in psychology. So how have you been able to navigate owning a successful business with really mostly having a background in psychology? I think for me, certainly real estate is something that just kind of fell into my lap, but there's always a psychological component to any consumer-driven business. 
So for us, it's really, uh, and I think Emily, it speaks for us when we first met was that we had a, a true authentic conversation from the get go from the day we met, despite how, you know, we perceive ourselves outside in the world and how we showcase our company. We want that true authentic experience with our clientele. We're not here to just make a quick sell. We want to know the people we're working with and we want to dive deeper into that human connection. So I think it's kind of intermixing in a strange way. Not that I'm pulling notes out from my college books and saying, oh, I could use this or this person. You know, it's just driven by authentic human connection is really the source of where the the psychology degree might come into play. Again, it's something that kind of just fell into my lap. Real estate wasn't something I was dreaming of doing, Um, but it is certainly a way to create those genuine uh, experiences for people and those genuine connections as well. And I think to build on that too, our backgrounds and our belief in having this human-driven process has allowed us to create a lot of systems and structures that support our agents and our clients in having an exceptional experience. Because as you mentioned in our introduction, we're committed that everyone we work with have an exceptional experience. And that means that we have to do things differently than other people in the industry are doing to ensure that that happens. And being focused on the aspects that Aaron is speaking to have allowed us to develop systems and operations that really support those commitments. Now, I've, I've been able to go through some of your guys, check out your website and uh, check you out on Facebook. You know, talk to us a little bit about having an online presence and how it's important for your company. I think an online presence is enormous. We know that over 90% of consumers are starting online and they need to be able to find someone who aligns with them, who believes the same things that they believe in, who they can verify other people have had exceptional experiences with because this is one of the largest purchases that someone will make in their life when they're interacting with us in the capacity of real estate. So we want to be able to stand out, to be easily found, and to look really good when we are because it's important to us that our external appearance represents our internal structures and value as well. Aaron, do you have anything to chime in on on that? Yeah, I mean, to echo Emily, you know, for us, the online presence is is utmost important. I mean, from being Google reviews to how our brand is shown through our website, um, I think we can all relate that there is a an even greater psychological component when you're browsing the web and you come across a really catchy website, you know, what are they selling? You, you dive a little bit deeper into what that product is. You really want to learn about it. When you come across kind of the stagnant brand or website, it really doesn't leave the door open to any more exploration. So for us, we've always been cognizant and focused on, on how we can make this look as beautiful as the experience can be inside the transaction. Now, right now for our listeners, you're right in the middle of the COVID-19. So I'm sure your brokers are, uh, and agents are not able to be out there and uh, doing a lot of tours of the homes. How have you guys been able to kind of pivot and shift to more of an online experience for, for both agent and buyer? Yeah, it's important to us to obey the rules that are being set out for us because we feel that we are responsible for being good role models in 
our industry and in our communities. So we wanted to be sure to honor the requests that were being made of us as citizens in Colorado. Um, so first and foremost, you know, we've been paying attention to all of the rules and regulations and updates that have been rolling out and being conscious of how we're interfacing with those. I think in general for COVID-19, the need to go online and take, take things virtual has really sped up the timeline for where a lot of industries may have been going already. Um, and so for us, it's looked like a little bit less in-person uh, interacting. Um, we feel in some ways we've been more in touch with people since this has happened uh, because there's been so much happening and, and it's important to us to have that supportive community around uh, our, our company, particularly in times like this. Um, so we're really fortunate that the real estate industry has been impacted, particularly in Colorado, uh, much less than many other industries. And we've still been able to get properties under contract to close properties, to have properties closing in the next few weeks. So um, we're just trying to operate within the guidelines that we've been given to continue to serve our clients and our community to the best of our ability while also shifting our focus to virtual a little bit more than we might have otherwise. And to speak to that just a little bit more is just, I think really it shows, and I know Emily talked about it a little bit, just the advancements in technology and how we could really benefit from these different advancements. You know, the technology that's available now can give you essentially a complete virtual walkthrough tour as if you're in the home, um, which really was something that people were headed toward before, but now it's really an option for people to get a feel for what it's like. Um, I think the thing that will be interesting for us is that we have a lot of people who are interested in a lot of homes. They've done the virtual walkthrough. Once they're able to go into the home, we're really interested to see what's going to happen for these people. Are they still going to love it the same way or is something going to shift for them? Because you're just getting an inside peek of the home. But for us, we like to look at the bigger picture too. Like what does the neighborhood look like? What's around you? Um, is there a general vibe outside of just what's inside the home? So, you know, it's, it's an evolving conversation, but as Emily said, we're fortunate enough to not have been so heavily impacted um, where we still have some more availability in the market uh, than not. Emily, what is the best piece of advice that you've received and how has that impacted your business? I think it's to stay true to myself to have integrity in how I run business, to be honest in my business dealings, um, and to remember that doing it the right way, even though it may be harder and it may take longer, in the long run, I believe will pay out in dividends. And it's not worth cutting corners. It's not worth taking some of the risk that other people do kind of to your previous questions about, you know, exceeding their growth abilities too quickly and focusing too heavily on the bottom line. I think if, if we can all in business, keep a holistic approach to why we're doing this and who we are and who, who we're committed to being in business, in our lives, in the world, that approach is most likely to turn out the best result in the long run. Aaron, what about you? What is big piece of uh, advice that you received that's really affected your business? It's hard to narrow down. And again, I wish I had some really beautiful quote or answer to offer to you. Um, you know, Emily spoke to it pretty perfectly, you know, adding just a little bit more to that. 
for me, it was never rush things. So like as a kid, when I'd get a new present or a new toy and you quickly rip off everything, take it out of the box and you just start tinkering with it. And you want to put batteries in and you start pulling really hard because you just want to get this thing working. Um, for us, it's being so cognizant about how we're taking every step of this business from the launch of it to everything we've done in between. We've done a rebranding. We've, re- we've redone the website numerous times. Um, I mean, the amount of stuff we've done behind the business and, and the amount of time that we just really have to sit down and say, okay, how do we do this in such a meaningful way that it's going to create a meaningful and big impact? We all get so excited for the vision. And then the implementation is always the hardest part. Um, so it's really, it's, it's essentially, it's like receiving your favorite toy and you, you are forced to read the instructions first. <laughs> and that's it's a, a big instruction book. <laughs> Absolutely. I, that's, that's a great way of putting it because I think a lot of uh, small business owners can be so excited about it and, and get in over their head a little bit too quick. And, and the new toy just ends up going in the trash because they didn't read the instructions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Before we finish up, is there anything that I didn't ask about during today's discussion that you think is important to share? The one thing that comes up for me is that our mission in the company is inspired living. And it's really important to us that we not only have a pretty mission, but also live our mission and are living examples of how this can play out. And so I think Aaron and I have both done a really beautiful job of mapping that conversation onto our lives and taking actions that are in alignment with what we say we're about. Because I think it's easy to say you're one thing. It's harder to be that thing as well. Um, and so we try to be living examples of how inspired living is possible in life. Um, so other people can experience it, model it, uh, even just be aware that that's an option for them. I love it. Yeah. Guys, this has been such a great conversation. Where can we find out more about you and your business online? Yeah, so you can visit our website at www.luxdenver.com. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and you can find us on Google as well. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Katie. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. As always, I'd love to hear from you. You can visit my website at www.nextstepsocialcommunications.com or connect with me on LinkedIn. Just look for Katie Brinkley. Let's keep taking your marketing to new heights.